Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Bird Brains. I'm Ken Dunnick, former tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles and Philadelphia Stars, along with my partner, Mark Eckel, who was the beat writer for the Eagles for a long time with NJ.com and the Trenton Times. And we're going to talk about Eagles football. We're going to recap a little bit of the first half of the season. We're going to talk about the Eagles schedule coming up for the second half and just give a general overview of where we think the team is headed. Before I do that, I want to mention our sponsor, Jersey Man and Philly Man Magazine, the only men's magazine in South Jersey and Philadelphia. And they have a legacy club. If you have an interest in seeing what the Legacy Club Business Network can do for you and your business, please contact me, Ken Dunnick, at 856-912-4007, or email me, Ken, at jerseymanmagazine.com. So, Mark, let's uh, dive into the Eagles. They hit the break at 3-4-1. They're coming off of their bye week. Um, The first half of the season was uh, choppy, I would say, at best. I think uh, you and I both agree that the only reason there's a cause for optimism with this team, who we both think has underperformed, is that they're playing in the worst division of football, and the likelihood is that they're going to win the NFC East. So uh, give me a couple minutes of your, of your thoughts of how the Eagles have played, and uh, we'll, we'll go over some of the other stuff I mentioned. Well, they haven't played well at all. I mean, they're, and not just because they're 3-4-1, and one, just the way they've gotten to 3-4-1, I mean, they lose the they lose the opener to a bad Washington right. team in a, in a game they they had in hand, and let the Redskins come come for nothing. Not the Redskins. Yeah, what were they? What were they up? Seventeen to nothing. And Seventeen nothing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and let the Washington come come back and beat them. Um, a tie with the Bengals. Who I mean. Well, no, let's not forget the Rams game, the second game of the year. You know, you would think a, a, a quality team after suffering that loss at Washington would come back against the Rams team that has to travel the entire length of the nation to come. And they just get smoked by the Rams 37 to 19. I I thought that might've been one of the most disappointing performances of the year. Well, I'll put the, the Bengal tie. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the Bengals are a little bit better than everybody thought. Yeah, they're, they're better, but they're not good. You, you shouldn't lose to the better tie the Bengals. At not at home. So you know what I'm saying? That, that's yeah. supposed to be a win. You, you, I don't care. I mean, Burrow's going to be a good quarterback, but he's still a rookie. Um, no, they, that's to me that was. You don't tie the Bengals at home. Um, next know, week, a couple, the next a week they're winning San Francisco. Win at San Francisco, but we both agree that without, Nick, without Nick, Mull, yeah, Nick Mullins who had played terrible in that game, and then um, maybe one of their best uh, performances of the year was the loss at Pittsburgh. They lost thirty-eight to twenty-nine, but they actually played pretty well. And, and the loss to Baltimore also wasn't. But again, they're losses. This isn't the Pop Warner League where you're, you know, you say, "Hey, kids, you played well. Let's all go have ice cream now." No, yeah, it's the NFL. You get paid to win. Well, they um, were they were totally outclassed by Baltimore until the la- until the fourth quarter, quarter where they made a big right. comeback and you know were a two point conversion away of tying the game. But the biggest the biggest storyline I think out of the first half and going forward to the re- remaining eight games is the quarterback. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, it's all about the quarterback. I mean, every the way the league is now, you could have, if your quarterback's playing well, and the other ten guys are just okay, you'll win games. Mm-hmm. If, if the other 10 guys are very good, but your quarterback isn't, it's going to be hard to win games. It's just the way the league is, it's the way the, the rules have been put in. It's a quarterback league now. And just, just look at the teams that are doing well. Green Bay's doing well. They have Aaron Rodgers. Seattle's doing well. Russell Wilson. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, 
Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, and then look mm-hmm. at teams that, that aren't doing well, the bottom teams. It's either a rookie quarterback like, like Burrow, who, who I think has a bright future, but he's still a rookie, like I said, or just bad quarterbacks, you know. Um, and so it's, that's really what it comes down to. And Carson Wentz, who coming into the year, you, I, my, my thoughts on him were he's, he was going to have a very mm-hmm. good year and, and kind of re- revert back to his um, – when be, before he mm-hmm. first got, got hurt during that Super Bowl year – and, and lead the Eagles to a pretty good season, but he hasn't been very good. Well, you and I both agree that he has the physical tools to be a good quarterback. He's tough. He's got a, a big arm. He's, you know, my, my, uh, my concern about Carson Wentz is he continues to make the same mistakes week after week. Yeah. He doesn't protect the ball enough. He throws way too many iffy balls that turn into interceptions. And he just, it, the, the mental part of the game, which, to me, signifies a lack of coaching or a lack of listening on his part. When you continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again, the finger of blame has pointed somewhere. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. Like I said, it's bad. He's making bad decisions, and that's the worst thing a quarterback can, can do. I mean, every quarterback is going to make a bad pass. I mean, the greatest quarterbacks miss open receivers sometimes. It happens. But to, to hold the ball too long, and take a sack when you should have thrown it away or to throw into, you know, there's a guy open, you know, for 10 yards and you try to force it in 20 yards down the field and it, you know, it, it gets picked off or it falls incomplete, whatever. He, he just seems to be making so many bad decisions. And that's what's hurting the team. It's his decision-making more than his talent level or his ability. Cause like you said there, you know, he didn't all of a sudden wake up and lose his arm strength or wake up and lose his, you know, how to play, learn how to play football. He's just doing the, he's just doing things the wrong way. I can think of a half a dozen times off the top of my head where this year where he should have thrown the ball away. Oh, he yeah. doesn't. He feels pressure. He doesn't protect the ball. Then he fumbles it or makes some kind of a crazy throw that turns into a pick. And, you know, that that's an area that uh, it's got to be frustrating if, if it's – and, you know, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. So there's some uh, – there's a pedigree there. I can't imagine this is not – being drilled into Carson Wentz's head in every quarterback meeting that there is, but he continues to make the same mistakes. So, you know, unless I'm missing something, he, he's just not listening to the coaches. Right. That's what I'm, that's what, that would be my take as well. That, and, and, and again, and we, we've hit on this earlier on earlier podcasts that we've done. I don't, I don't like the coaching setup the Eagles have now. I mean, they're the only team in the league that doesn't have what, what you would a title of offensive coordinator. They have like four guys, all with different fancy titles. I don't yeah. know. Well, really, really, Doug is the offensive coordinator, right? Okay, which is fine. Purposes. And so does Andy Reid, but he has Eric yeah. the, the enemy. So is yeah. Matt Lafleur, but he has the Nate Hackett. I mean, yeah. you still have a guy, and and sometimes that guy, even if he's not calling the plays or, um, you know, isn't you know isn't is not his offense per se, but sometimes he's the buffer coach and the and the player, yeah. and that's important sometimes, you know. Um, here we have Press Taylor, whatever his title is, but his his, his title should, should be Carson's best friend. That's what he is. <laughs> they go hunting together. They they hang out together. Carson's not listening to him. Mm-hmm. Carson, he, he's listening to Carson because he has his job only because he's Carson's friend. You have Deuce Daly, whatever his title is, and, but Deuce doesn't really get involved with the passing game. He's more involved mm-hmm. with the running backs and does a good job with that, by the way. And then you have Marty Morningwig, who I like. I've always, I got along with Marty his first time around there, and I got I 
stayed getting along with him when he was in Baltimore and other places. But what's he doing? I don't even know what what's his. I don't know what his job. Well, his his role is as a consultant, offensive consultant. I don't know what, what that. What means. does that mean? I don't know what it means either. And then and then you got the guy they brought in from from Denver, who's good friends with Howie. Well, I don't know. Why, I mean, Denver's offense has been terrible for since Elway retired. Yeah. And that's you bring in a guy from Denver. Yeah, that, that made a lot of sense. Well. You know, I can tell you that uh, back in the Dick Vermeil era when I played on the 80 Super Bowl team, you know, Dick Vermeil had an offensive consultant. His name was Sid Gilman. And yeah, uh, he didn't have well an official role on the coaching staff, but he was just kind of there. And, you know, and Sid would bounce things off of each other. And so it's not necessarily unusual for to have those types of relationships on the staff. But um, let's talk a little I, I, I think there's just too many voices. And not one strong. Well, that's certainly possible because some something's wrong. Let's talk a little bit about injuries, okay? I, I looked over the Eagles injury report for this week, and I'm going to save the first one for last because it makes me just as mad this week as it has in previous weeks. So we'll talk about uh, tackle Jack Driscoll. Uh, he is limited with an ankle this week. Uh, guard Nate Herbig is limited with a finger injury. Malik Jackson, the defensive tackle, is limited with a quad Full go this week with Craig James, the cornerback. Alshon Jeffrey, who needs to make his presence known or they need to ride him out of town on a rail because I'm tired of looking at his name on the injury report. His first full practice this season was Wednesday. Cravon LeBlanc was full of the cornerback. Uh, the uh, Miles Sanders was limited with knee. Now, here's the two things that uh, upset me a little bit. Jason Peters was limited with rest. <laughs> Coming off of a bye week, a bye week. <laughs> on the most important week, Fletcher uh, Cox was a non-participant in practice for rest. Coming off of a bye week, the most important day of practice is Wednesday. The Eagles are resting these two guys. Now, I get it. I'm old school. I played a long time ago. Rest was never part of the equation. But with Dick Vermeil, especially, right? But come on, come on. And, of course, Zach Ertz is out and Deshaun Jackson are out this week. But, uh, you know, I just it just frustrates me to see a team that's struggling and, you know, guys coming off of a week off get the first day off of practice with rest. That, excuse me for venting here, but it's the only forum I have to do it. That's like calling sick the day after your vacation. <laughs> for, for, for a working man, right? You, you've been off for two weeks. You were wherever you were. You're, you're supposed to come back to work Monday and you're calling sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a new age. So, but let, so as we look forward now for the rest of the season, let's go game by game okay. while we have about four minutes left. Okay. Now they're at the giants. Now you looked at this game earlier. You said, well, the giants are bad. That's a win. The giants are improving and the Eagles got very fortunate to beat them 22 to 21 at the link about two or three weeks ago. So right. what do you think about the giants right now? I think the Eagles are still a better team. I think they'll beat them, but it's not going to be. I mean, the fact that they're only a three-point favorite, I know it's on the road, but they're still only a three-point favorite. And being on the road isn't what it was because there's no fans. Um, and for them, it's just a bus trip up to Turnpike. So um, that tells me something right right there. that It's going to be it's going to be a lot like the last game. Probably, the, you know, whoever makes the big plays. The Eagles made the big plays at the end of that game last uh, two weeks ago. If they, now, you know, if they do it again, they'll win again. The following week, they're at Cleveland. Of course, Cleveland is now without o- Odell Beckham Jr. What do you think about the Eagles traveling to Cleveland for that game? That, to me, that might be the most 
interesting game left because Cleveland's like they're I don't know what Cleveland's going to show up. They've they've looked very good some weeks and just got awful other weeks. Um, it's in Cleveland, which you know again, it's, road games aren't what they were, but it's still on the road. Um, that's going to be a toss-up game, I think. I really do. I think um, Cleveland plays Houston this week, who they should be. And then you know, Cleveland's right now looking to be a playoff team for the first time in a long time. So they have that going for them. That's going to be next, a tough game. Next week, the Eagles have Seattle at home. Seattle's showing some signs of weakness recently. Yeah, but Seattle never loses to the Eagles. <laughs> they don't. Pete Carroll's never has Pete Carroll has never what he's beaten he's beaten Andy Reid, he's beaten Chip Kelly, he's beaten Doug Peters. He doesn't lose to the Eagles. Sounds like That's one of those handicapper trends I'll have to look up. No, it just doesn't. I mean it's just yeah. peak I mean, no, Seattle's beating the Eagles. And I, I know I know you do a lot of coverage for the Green Bay Packers. The Eagles go to Green Bay the following week. Is that a is that a possibility for them or no? Well, they beat him there last year, which was kind of a, a, an upset and um one of only three losses the Packers had. That's going to be tough. I mean, the Packers, that's a re, it's a re, revenge game, which is also like a handicapper trend, I think. But mm-hmm. um, that's going to be a tough game. Aaron Rodgers is playing very well this year. The Packers' offense is playing very well. Uh, the Eagles, Eagles could score. The Packers' defense isn't great. Next, um, the next week we have New Orleans at home. If, they're going to, if, they're, if, if there's a team that they could upset, it might be New Orleans. I, I, although they looked really good against Tampa, but they've been up and down as well. Um, Again, New Orleans kind of beats the Eagles a lot, too, so I don't know. That's not going to be easy. <laughs> Next, they're at Arizona, and trying to trap Kyler Murray in a defense is going to be a tall task. Yes, it is. Arizona's another team fighting for, for a playoff spot. And it's, again, on the road. That's, that's a tough stretch. Right after that Giant game, that's a very tough stretch. Next and week is at, is at Dallas, and you think win. that that's an automatic win, yeah. but Dallas actually played Pittsburgh pretty well last week. Yeah, they, they, they kind of rallied, and the, the Dallas, mm-hmm. if they can't beat Dallas, they're bad, because Dallas has, by, by, by then, I, I might be quarterback at the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then they, they finished the regular season with Washington at home. And again, they lost to them before, but they should, those last two should be wins. Mm-hmm. They really should, so, but who knows? So, again, we, I think we both agree that the Eagles will probably win the division, albeit right. by attrition. And uh, we'll see, if you know, once you get into the playoffs, it's a one-game tournament and everything, anything can happen. Doug Peterson has, has made a habit out of, you know, finishing strong and, and making noise in the playoffs. So, hey, Mark, we're out of time. It's okay. always a, a great fun being with you. We'll return next week. Everybody have a safe week, and let's root the Eagles on to victory. We'll see you later.